Podcast episode 330. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And a solo episode for me. That's right, me going stream of consciousness, unedited, unfiltered. That's what we do here. People ask me, do you listen to these again? And I don't. Why? Because I found through sheer force of monologue and just letting what floats to the top of my brain out, I get to some place of emotional truth. And you seem to like it. So here we are. I'm just going to talk at you. I tease this on social media, and here's the thesis statement. 40 is a total mind fuck. Now, I am not new to 40. It's June. I am closer to 41 than I am 40. I turned 40 last August, and I got to tell you, my 40th birthday was one of the greatest days of my entire life. We did just about everything I wanted to do in my favorite city with my wife, two of our really good friends. I could not ask for anything better to kick off this new decade. But what's weird about 40 is it comes with a reckoning. Now that your number, your age, starts with a four, you cannot bullshit yourself anymore. It's just impossible. I wrote about this when I wrote the blog piece about my birthday. I do that every single year. I create a playlist. I'm in the midst of this year's playlist. It's fucking great, by the way. More on that in a second, but it was the first time I felt a hard disconnect from my youth. Now, let me explain that for a second. Ever since I started my career, I'm someone who has been born on at least second base. I've had a lot of advantages. I grew up, first of all, a white, straight, cisgendered American male, right? I win the fucking demographic lottery. If I can't be successful like in a world that is tailored almost exclusively to me, what a fucking joke, okay? You add into that some economic privilege. I'd say we were middle class growing up, maybe upper middle class. That has certainly changed over the years. But with all that fucking privilege, right, I had a lot of advantages. Now, with that come some challenges and come some responsibilities. Now, granted, these are easy, like white collar problems, right? These are first world problems. But you run your own race, you experience pressure in your own way. So what that meant was, as a result of getting my undergraduate degree and my graduate degree, getting those debt-free, and getting into the working world where my dad is a respected professional, has a huge network of people, and the resources to help me get where I need to go, it meant I got a lot of opportunity. As a result of that opportunity, I was typically the youngest guy in the room, which is awesome. Like, that's such a cool place to be. That's really, really fun. But it's also hard as hell. For instance, when I was working for MGA, the PR firm that I worked for, good God, like a decade ago at this point, my account lead was diabetic, was going through hyperbaric chamber treatments on his foot, and ultimately ended up having that foot amputated which left me to sort of figure out how to be an account manager at 26 years old. It was not an easy thing to do. But you know what? 
Challenges get in front of you, you rise to them, you meet them, you succeed, you level up. It's fantastic. I recommend it for anyone. If you're in a place where you're sort of professionally uncomfortable or you're a little bit nervous, you're probably doing the right thing. But what's challenging about that is as you continue to level up, you continue to be the youngest person in the room. So that puts kind of a chip on your shoulder. That gives you an outsized belief in yourself. That makes you a little bit cocksure, but that's sort of necessary because you're trying to counteract the energy of experience in the room. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. And it gives you this sort of underdog mentality. You hear about this all the time in sports. Sports teams always want to be the underdog. It's a great narrative to have. Nobody believes in us. When I read Bill Simmons for all those years, he talked about the teams that were the nobody believes in us teams. You had these narratives, whether real or imagined, that you would put in your own head and you'd go, you know what? This is why I have to do this. I have to prove some motherfucker wrong. Now, Michael Jordan did that all the time. I've read, I don't know why, but it keeps coming up on my social feed. People keep putting out this like Michael Jordan quote about how when he got, he didn't make varsity when he was in high school, his mom didn't complain to the team and blah, blah, blah. She just told him to work harder. Okay, fine. He used all that. And Michael Jordan is one of the most spiteful people on earth to propel him. He was driven like pretty much no one else to win. Now, I'm not that way, but I will use a slight real or perceived to level myself up. It's one of the things that I have. It's great. When you turn 40, you can't really use that anymore. When you have your own business for seven plus years, you can't use that anymore. It just simply doesn't work for a couple of reasons. One, you're not the youngest fucker in the room anymore. There's like 15 years of people beneath you that are professionals that are very fucking good at what they do. Very smart, very savvy, and hungry just like you were. How do you stay on top? More on that in a second. Here's the other thing. I've always had something of a baby face. It's going away from me now. I looked at it in the mirror when I was picking up dinner. Again, more on that in a second. And I go, holy shit, man, you are fucking old. Like, you are old. What is going on here? Like, when did this happen? I think it happened at 40. It's like putting 100,000 miles on your car, and you're like, oh, fuck, I need a new timing belt now. Uh, Because why is my car making this? Oh, right, 100,000 miles. Oh, right, I'm 40 now, and that's fucking annoying. As I was growing up and fighting for credibility, and when I say growing up, I mean growing up professionally, two milestones I really liked. I got married when I was 28, which is really, really helpful because it's like, oh, okay, you're this dipshit white dude, but you're at least competent enough to have a woman want to say, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. That inures you with credibility. Right or wrong, it just does. Once you're married, you get an extra layer of credibility. The other thing I liked was turning 30. That was great. No longer was I some dipshit in his 20s. I was someone who was 30. Putting that three in front of your name instantly sort of lends you credibility that you can't get otherwise. So getting married, turning 30, those are great. Turning 40, oh shit, all of a sudden, I am a professional. I am an adult. I am someone that when I looked at a 40-year-old when I was in high school or even college, I'm like, that motherfucker is old, dude. Like, literally, he is old. I mean, 40, Jesus Christ. Like, what? (laughs) 
How do you even get there? You can't even imagine the roadmap when you're in your 20s. But here I sit, the proud owner of all sorts of insurance. I have homeowner's insurance. I have car insurance. I have an umbrella policy, which I can explain to you what that is. I'm sure most of you know. If you are right around 40, you probably know. And I have life insurance. I have fucking life insurance. I have a will, right? I have a revocable trust for my kids should anything happen to us. These are the things you do when you're an adult. And you do them because you're supposed to do them. Because, let's go back to my original thesis. You cannot bullshit yourself anymore once you turn 40. You are fucking out of excuses, right? Because in your 20s, you kind of just, it's like everything all at once where you just sort of experience life. I have some people that I'm friends with or maybe they're family members and I see them on social media and they're living it up every fucking night. And I go, I I simply don't have the energy for that anymore. Like we party and we do our thing and it's great, but Jesus God, I have to be a lot more measured than I used to be. I can't hit this every night the way I used to. When you're in your 30s, you go, well, yeah, okay, so I'm not some moron in my 20s anymore. I am like, okay, establishing credibility, starting my family, blah, blah, blah. But I still have youth on my side. Time is on my side. 40. Boom. Your number starts with four. I looked up the average life expectancy for an American male. You know what it is? It's like 70, uh, what is it? 78.9, something like that. But it's less than 80. And I go, okay, fuck, the law of averages means I'm more than halfway through this journey. That is a fucking weird thing to realize. And the biggest thing about not being able to fool yourself anymore is all your old bullshit didn't work. Your old excuses, they no longer work. None of them. You cannot fool yourself anymore. And so I realized that as I'm driving to pick up dinner for my kids and my wife, my wife's like, will you please go? And I go, yeah, I'll blast some tunes. That sounds great. Anytime I get to myself in the car or I get to kind of listen to whatever I want as loud as I want, which by the way, yes, I know I'm 40 and I recognize the irony of still blasting my music like a fucking teenager. I don't care because here's the thing. If you are not who you are by this point, why are you bullshitting yourself and how are you getting away with it? My answer is you're probably not and you're dealing with some existential misery. But as I'm in the car and I'm listening to Rise Against, my all-time favorite band, my favorite song, I wasn't expecting it because I don't have these lists, like these mixes that I make. I don't have them memorized. And my favorite song comes up about two-thirds of the way through the mix. It's kind of hidden. I never know when it's coming. But it comes on, and you never get tired of hearing your favorite song. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, shit. I'm fucking 40. I got the windows down. I'm driving in this car that we recently bought. I'm going to pick up dinner for my beautiful wife, my wonderful kids. We have money. We have resources. It's a beautiful night. This is fantastic. So why do I spend so much time upbraiding myself over things? And why don't I fix the things about myself that I don't like? And I go, you know what? No, you have done that. Go easy on yourself. But also recognize this as a moment where you start to mature on another level. This is why it's a mind fuck. 
I'm grateful for the things I've accomplished and I love the life that I've led, but there's still things about me that deserve improvement, that deserve better attention, that deserve me not fucking lying to myself. And as I thought about that, I go, what is standing in the way of me doing that? Nothing. Just me. It's like that meme of Spider-Man pointing at himself. I go, you are to fucking blame. And I realize, oh, shit, he's pointing back at me. Oh, fuck me. That's just my own reflection. God damn it. Okay, so what are we going to do about that? And it's a couple of things. One, ever since the pandemic, I've been drinking way too much. Like, literally. It's not to the point where it's a problem that it's affecting other parts of my life, where I'm not putting myself in danger, or I'm not, like... It's not affecting my work because my business is more successful than I think it's ever been with good stuff in the pipeline still coming. I'm kicking ass on that front. My kids are healthy. My wife is doing well. She just recently changed careers, and she's kicking ass at that. None of that is the case. But for my own personal health and for my own personal well-being, I've been drinking way too fucking much. So I'm like, why? And I started thinking about all the excuses. Well, the pandemic... Or, well, parenting is hard, or there's a lot of stress. And I'm like, no, fuck off with that. You cannot get away with that anymore. That is just bullshit, and you're lying to yourself. And I go, God damn it, why? Okay, the other thing, what is going on with your weight here? Why aren't you in better shape? You're working out all the time. You're eating pretty much like a lot better, but there's something missing. What is standing in your way? And I realized... I had been looking for shortcuts. I'd been looking to beat the system. So back in the day, so this was in like 2012 and 2013, I was doing Weight Watchers. And Weight Watchers back then was great. It's like every food would have like a point attached to it, like a point value. And you had a certain number of points in a day. And so as long as you ate less than those points, then theoretically you'd lose weight. And I mean, I say theoretically, but... In practical terms, it actually did work for me. Took eight and a half months. I lost 40 fucking pounds. It was great. Weight Watchers now, I've done it a couple of times since, has gotten so gimmicky. It's like playing some fucking game with like 20-sided dice where you go, okay, so if I do this and I eat this, okay, these are zero-point foods. I have less points here, but I also get weekly flex points plus for exercise but I can change the way in which they're... Oh, shut the fuck up. No. God damn it. This isn't that hard. I did another one whose name I won't name here because I don't want to slag it because that's really uncool. I mean, Weight Watchers is a multinational, gigantic corporation owned by fucking Oprah. They can take some heat from this podcast. The other one, a little bit different because I have some friends who did it. I did it. It was successful. I lost a lot of weight very, very quickly, but then brought it all back, came flooding back, all the weight that I lost plus more. And there are a lot of factors about that. But one is, the biggest one to me is, it was not sustainable. It was not a lifestyle change that worked for me. I could not live like that. I could not eat like that. It was just counterintuitive. The pounds fucking melted away. My God. I lost like 30 pounds in a month and a half or something. Anytime you do that, easy come, easy go, right? Or I suppose in this case, easy go, easy come. That sounds weird. That sounds dirty. I don't care for that. So anyway, easy come, easy go. And I go, okay, I got to stop fucking trying to cheat the system. I tried intermittent fasting for a little while. That is a bullshit gimmick. And I go, okay, I just have to make better choices here. Part of that is drinking less. And so 
I'm not drinking during the week anymore. I literally started this. You're going to be so proud of me yesterday. Okay. (laughs) We all have to start somewhere. Uh, I started yesterday. I want to make it more of a thing because I slept amazing last night. The other thing is what choices work best for my body type? How do I analyze my body type? So I worked with a health coach. She's been on this show before. Her name is Jackie Fouché. She is Oshi Healthy. And she's great. She calls herself like a little pocket health coach. She gives you some steers. She doesn't use like guilt or cajoling or anything. She just talks to you about your choices, what you prefer to eat, and what works best for your body type. So shock of shocks, I'm feeling a lot better because I'm eating less crap. I'm eating more vegetables. I'm eating the protein that's right for me. And I'm, I'm logging it all. And she, she looks at it. She goes, okay, well, this is good. This could use some work. What can we do here instead of doing the thing that you chose? And then she also says, if you make what she refers to as an unsupportive choice, how do we make the next meal or the next decision be a more supportive choice? So don't let one unsupportive choice blow up your whole day or your whole weekend or your whole week. It's easy to let it snowball, right? And again, that's where you cannot fucking fool yourself anymore. Because you simply don't have as much runway, right? It's like, oh, well, fuck it. This day is shot. No, stop that. Don't fucking do that. And if you're listening to this and getting something out of it, then great. But as much as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me. This is the dialogue that goes in my head that I have to get out because I cannot stop thinking about it. All of that shit. Like, well, uh, that's shot, or I have this thing coming up this weekend, so fuck it, like, up until that point, and then I'll get back on the train then. No, that is an erosion of bad decisions. One leads to the next, leads to the next, they compound. They don't have to. Like, literally, they don't fucking have to. And I used to be really, really good at this. And at some point, I got derailed. It didn't go as well. And part of the problem is, I am fucking 40. And I keep thinking back to this massage therapist I had, which, boy, there's a start of a sentence, huh? Right before I lost weight in 2012, I was carrying, a lo- carrying around a lot of extra poundage. And I went to this, like, massage therapist to – I had, like, bad knot in my glute, and my IT band was really tight. I, if I sat upright, I couldn't extend my leg at the knee without it being, like, blinding pain. And so she said, well – the more you can lose weight, the better off you'll be. And she goes, how old are you? And I go, 31. And she goes, oh, see, you're still young. You don't want to be this way when you're 40 because it's much harder to lose weight then. And son of a bitch, she was right about that. The pounds don't come off like they used to. Like the health outcomes don't, they're not as snappy as they used to be. And that's super, super frustrating. And God damn it, she was right. But. Back then, I could still lie to myself. I still had more runway. I could still bullshit myself. 40 is a mind fuck. Because I keep thinking about this line from Futurama. Where I think it's like the bureaucrat who comes. She's like a health inspector or something. She ends up getting Hermes fired. But she's looking at Fry's locker. And... She goes, is this cheese in your locker? And he goes, well, it used to be milk, but, you know, time makes fools of us all. And my God, that is true in health. So all of these things have come together. Now, here's the other thing, though. 
a lot of this is good because I now know what I like, what I enjoy, and how I like to spend my time. And I spend very little time worrying about anything else. Someone invites me to something I don't want to do. I just go, that sounds great for you. That's not for me. Enjoy yourself. Please don't make me be a part of it. I have no problem saying that. I don't care. And if you are not who you want to be, what are you fucking waiting for? I've got eight years of this show under my belt. I've got seven years of my own business under my belt. My style choice is fucking punk dad. And if I am doing anything else, if I am being someone else, I am wasting my time. And I am burning daylight, man. Because again, in terms of average male life expectancy in the U.S., I'm in the back half. There's now more road behind me than there is in front of me. That's very, very sobering. Again, 40 is a mind fuck. I was at the AJR show on Friday. AJR, fantastic band. If you've never seen them, huge fun. They put on an amazing live show. It is just terrific. The thing that was weird about it was, normally I'm at like club shows seeing punk bands. And at this point, with the bands I'm seeing, for as old as I am, I mean, being 40, and by the way, I, I just need to get this out of the way. This is way too late for me to say this, but... For as old as you feel, because you live linearly and all you can remember is what's behind you, you have no idea what's in front of you. When you say you're old at 40, there are people who are like 65 and older and be like, oh, you're still young. It's like, yeah, I fucking know that, okay? I'm young compared to you, but that's not really useful to me because I have no frame of reference for how you live. I will, and then I'm sure I'll say the same dumb shit to 40-year-olds, but for now, that's really not helpful to me. We'll come back to that. But because I am 40 and old as fuck, and the bands I've been listening to have been bands for, like, in some cases, like, 30 goddamn years. Like, Face to Face started in 1990, and it's 2022 now. Jesus, God. Um, That is, that's 32 years of being a band. Their fan base is probably going to be pretty fucking old. So the shows I go to, I'm surrounded by people who look like me. AJR, (laughs) a lot younger. And holy fucking shit, were there kids there? Lots and lots of kids. And I'm talking kids who are like teenagers. And kids, like, I saw this this one couple holding their, I'm guessing that kid was probably like 18 months or two years, wearing big headphones. I'm like, why isn't that kid in bed, man? Like, it's late as shit. Put that kid to bed. I would never bring my kid to this. Kristen and I cre- frequently play the game, are we cool or are we degenerate? And we fret about it. But then we see some decisions that other parents make. We go, no, we're cool. Okay, we're not fucking degenerate. Sometimes maybe we are, but whatever. Like, for instance, what I'm going to tell you next. We're at the show, and I'm watching these kids. And I'm like, I have not been at a show surrounded by this many kids in I can't remember the last time. It almost made me feel bad. For lighting up a big stinky J right around all of them. We're at a concert, and this is Colorado. Let's get serious. Not enough to not do it, mind you, but enough to where it kind of gave me pause. And I'm like, no, you know what? This group of 13-year-olds in front of us is going to smell that for the first time. And it's a real, oh, it smells like Otto's jacket kind of moment for them, like if you remember The Simpsons. And you know what? If their parents didn't prepare them for what they were going to see, smell, and hear, 
and experience, fuck it. That's on them. That ain't on me. I'm not parenting the entire world. When my kids go, I will tell them. And by the way, when my kids go, I will abstain. But here's the other thing. I fucking love doing this. I love going to shows. I love seeing live music. Some people, they age out of that. And that's fine. I'm not going to drag them to any show they don't want to go to. I'm thrilled I never have to go to another music festival again. That sounds like pure torture. Like you go somewhere, and as much as I love live music, three fucking days of it in a row while I'm like camping, while I'm surrounded by a bunch of other degenerates, no thank you. I don't ever have to do that again. I know that about myself. That is so liberating. But being there in that moment and watching some of these kids experience what I'm assuming is their first concert also brought me to this sobering realization. The highest of highs in life, many of them are behind me. I'm not going to have a first concert again. I'm likely not going to have a first kiss again, barring something tragic, right? I've been married. I've had two kids. I know the joys of homeownership and its many downsides and annoyances, which I experience fucking, it seems like every day. But like, I know what all these things feel like. And watching the emotional catharsis of these kids seeing their favorite band for the first time you almost like they say having kids is like getting to live your life all over again. I don't really subscribe to that because I don't need my kids to follow exactly in my footsteps. I just want them to be happy. But I think the spirit of the comment is that you get to see them experience life for the first time again. And because they are made of half you, you get to bask in some of that. There's like a what's the word I'm looking for here? Not like a verisimilitude, but I, 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 I'm, the word is escaping me right now. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean. And seeing that, I'm like, man, that is fucking beautiful. And I have the perspective to really appreciate it now. I thought of this story where <laughs> we were, okay, so the line to get into AJR, there were 18,000 people there. The line to get in was insane and snaked all through these office buildings, like doubling and tripling back on itself. It was lunacy. And a guy walks by selling T-shirts from the merch stand. He's just going out into the line offering up these shirts. And he's like, AJR T-shirts, hats, souvenirs. My friend Jason and I looked at each other and we giggled because he said souvenirs. When we, I don't even remember what show this was, but we were walking into, I think, the Ogden. And there was this group of high school kids in front of us. They were probably three years younger than us. Three, maybe five years younger than us. I don't know. Their mom dropped them off in the minivan. They got out. They were so dorky. It was phenomenal. But they walk in, and one of the kids goes, <laughs> sees the merch table, and goes, oh, look, they have souvenirs. And we laughed because we're like, God, what fucking geeks? You know, <laughs> what dorks? Being only a few years removed from that will give you a level of pretentiousness that is unparalleled. Now that I'm older and a parent, I would not laugh at those kids gawking and getting really excited and filled with glee over the quote-unquote souvenirs. Because if you're at a punk show and you call them souvenirs, get ready to uh, find out what the, uh, the end of someone's fist tastes like. At least that's probably what it was like back in the day. Um, just because that is so unbelievably dweebish. 
in this case, man, as a fucking parent, I'm like, yeah, get your souvenirs. Enjoy your fucking souvenirs and enjoy this show. Because hopefully for you, the way it was for me, it is the start of a lifelong romance with live music. And shit, man, live music still touches my soul. AJR, by the way, I'm 40 years old. Probably a top five show all time for me. It was unreal. It was so good. What a fun, fun time. Now, here's the other thing. I said this in the mailbag episode, which was, what was that, the eight-year anniversary show? I said, and it was actually Jackie who asked me this question. As you get older, how do you stay cool? Which, first of all, I took as an intense compliment. But secondly, at any age, no matter who you are, you are who you think you are. If you think you're lame and you can't go to concerts anymore, you're right. You just won't buy concert tickets anymore. But if you say to yourself, you know what? No, fuck it. I am someone who goes to concerts. I'm going to go check out AJR with all these kids. I'm going to stand in that goddamn line because I love live music. Then you're right. You are who you think you are. You are what you do. And because you cannot lie to yourself, because you are out of excuses, because you cannot bullshit yourself anymore. Why would you be anything other than who you want to be? I know who I am. I'm a podcaster. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a punk dad. And I fucking love my life. I just look old as shit now. (laughs) Literally. That part, I have headshots that I really need to update because I'm like, holy Christ, I am not that kid anymore. Look at me. I'm like this fresh-faced 33-year-old. And now I'm on the verge of 41. I go, no, I got to update this. I'm a little bit more grizzled. I'm a little bit more haggard. I've seen some shit. That's the other thing. That's the other reason you can't bullshit yourself. You've seen shit by the time you're 40. You've seen shit in your 20s too, but it doesn't land quite the same way, nor is there the volume of it, God willing, that you have when you're 40. Now, in the spirit of that, if I died tomorrow, which I don't have any plans to, If I died tomorrow, I would die happy. I literally am satisfied. I'm thrilled with the way my life turned out. It is, I I didn't, I wasn't good at picturing the future. I never have been. But if I had to, I think this would be exactly as I wanted it, which is so thrilling. As I think back on my life and I think back on regrets, I have only but a few. And that too is a gift. One of those, And this is sort of a minor thing. But when I was in college, I always wanted to get involved at CTV, which was the campus TV station. I thought I had a knack for comedy. I wanted to write some comedy, do some sketches, whatever. And I remember watching CTV at the time. I'm like, I'm fucking better than this. No, I wasn't because I never produced anything. Like, I never actually made anything. Had I actually tried, I could have found out, but I didn't. That brings me to my next thing. Coming up here, by the end of the summer... I'm going to have a new concept. I'm going to launch a new show, and I'm not doing it alone this time. John of All Trades isn't going anywhere. Don't worry about that. I love this platform. I will always have this platform. Well, I can't say always because always is a ridiculous term. Don't. It's a bad idea to talk in absolutes. But I also want to try something new, something that brings some good into the world, something that allows me to riff like I'm doing for you right now, something that's topical, 
something that's fun, something that gives us fodder for discussion, something that's interactive. And again, something that brings some fucking joy into this world. Everything is so grim and so dour and so downbeat. Life is fucking hard. And it's a gift if you can bring someone joy. So I've signed up a couple of co-collaborators. We're working with a network that's going to help us get to a broader audience than I think any of us on our own could achieve. Between me, my collaborators, and the folks at the network, we're going to bring you something good. And I'm thrilled to bring it to you. I am energized once again creatively. It was a concept that was staring me right in the face. And now I get to bring it to you in an audio and video form. Man, look the fuck out. No matter what age you are, you are who you think you are. This is who I want to be. This is what I'm fucking going for. God damn it. What a day. What a fucking time to be alive. I had to get all that off my chest. Because 40 is a gift and a fucking curse. You get to be who you want to be. God willing. We all have obligations. But if you're not, you're bullshitting yourself. Why are you bullshitting yourself? You can't. Those two things, if you have tension in them, resolve it. Get after it. Fucking A. I'm excited. All right. Let's play the outro. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications, my company that I built, that I'm thrilled to do, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Training, content, engagement, podcasting. In addition to this show, the new one I'm creating, I produce six others. You have a show, hit me up. I will help you get it going. Email is J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. John at Defcom dot U-S. Our sponsor is Four Degrees. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, Four Degrees can help you do it better. Whether it's email campaign, online advertising, social media marketing, newsletter, they will help you do it. Get your message in front of the audience that needs to see it most. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm on the socials, J-O-A-T-Pod is the handle. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Facebook is the only place for exclusive episode previews. Those go up on Mondays. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. We're on Podcatchers everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Audible, wherever you get your pods. You can leave us a rating. Do that. You can leave a review. Takes a couple more seconds. Do that. Drop me a note about something you like in the show. That helps the visibility. What else can I say, man? It is a pleasure to get to bring content to you. I hope whatever you're doing, you find joy, success, and fulfillment. That's my wish for you. That is my 40-year-old wish for you. So, I'll be back here once again very, very soon. And until I hear you again, take care of yourselves, be good to yourselves, and say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.